You're listening to the Joy Junkies Show podcast, episode 134. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 134. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. All right, let's try this again, baby. Sup? <laughs> Ooh, are you playing it cool today? Yeah. <laughs> Slam back. You're just kicking back? Mm-hmm. I love how you're like, I can do my business from here. <laughs> I was holding the mic a little close and my wife was like, can you move that back a little bit? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can do my business from here for sure. <laughs> and my wife was all, oh my goodness. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome to the Joy Junkie Show. We are actually doing a a little something from the archives for you today. A little rebroadcast. A throwback, if you will. A little throwback thursday only it's not thursday yeah but why all you need is love is bullshit i'm sure you've heard that phrase before and i was thinking you know we've i mean let's be honest we've been a little overrun and stressed out in the smith household just lots of new Year's shit to do so i was like you know what this week why don't we i mean we have such a wealth of pods why not do a rebroadcast from one that's like over a year old? Yeah, so it's that pertinent pe- too, you know. Yeah, it's really, really good information because I was starting to think, I really want to do another episode on some of the dynamics of why our relationship works so well. And this has a lot to do with that, this, you know, this, this episode that's coming up for you. But we wanted to make sure that we jumped on and we had to give you a fresh would you rather, I mean... Obviously. Obby. Obby. Totes Obby. <laughs> Hashtag Obby. <laughs> and I also needed to let you know about a couple of current really exciting things. And I know I say that every week, but that's just because that's how I do in my world. That's how you roll. Everything in my world is exciting. It's true. Right? So the first thing is, is this Thursday. I'm sorry. Strike that. Reverse it. No. Do, do you know that quote? Do you know what that's from? <laughs> Smackdown frippin' and reverse it. No, but that's it's even your... better. That's even better. <laughs> Little Missy Elliott quote, no? It, it's actually from Willy Wonka. Oh, no, I missed it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I really that. do like where you took that. Okay, all You're right. so urban. Um, <laughs> so this Wednesday, the 13th, is the last day that I'm accepting applications for my scholarship opportunity. So I talked a lot about that last week. Um, if you are interested, you can go back and listen through episode 132, actually. Yeah. 130, was it? 133. No, no it was 133. Mm-hmm. I'll put the link in the show notes as well. So it is the last chance to get in on your application if you are interested. So go to thejoyjunkie.com slash pick me and you can read all about it and find out all of the information there sweet yeah yes. I've, i already have a ton of applicants I know, already i know it's awesome i wish i could 
oh, I wish I, it's like my heart is like bragging because I know I it's know. so amazing, but I want to give it to everybody. But everybody I, wants it, but I can't. Like, uh, so I, it's, it's crazy, making me think though. Like, how could I do something similar every once in a while? Yeah. The other thing that I need you guys to mark your calendars for. And this is just if you're kind of a diehard fan of the show and, and you like, maybe you, you know, you're kind of a junkie groupie and you consider yourself a junkie and you might want some merch. We have some swag launching. Swag. Some JJ swag. Oh. Coming January 21st. Makeover. <laughs> Everyone gets a pillow. <laughs> so it's. Everyone look under your seats right now. You'll see there's a. There is nothing except an invitation to get... And some old gum. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So, on January 21st, I'm just going to set that in motion. If you follow me on Insta, I've already started kind of promoting that a little bit, showing some sneak peeks. But there's some mugs. There might be some jewelry. There might be some tote bags. We'll talk about it more next week. But just wanted to put the bug in your ear. I like it. But what do you say we do a, We do a fresh Would You Rather? Would You Rather sounds awesome. Hit it. Would you rather? All right. So this week's Would You Rather is very cerebral, if oh, you will. If you will. What if I won't? Would you rather have a photographic memory or gain an extra 40 IQ points? Dead air. Dead air. We're not supposed to have dead air. No. What was that about? Are you really thinking like? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> you look deep in thought there. What would the joy junkie do? <laughs> what? What? WWJD. JJD. JJD. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> I really. Oh. I've always really wanted a photographic memory, and I have it in like a very small dose. So I. Like, always well, when I study and stuff, I can remember where things are on a page and oh, stuff awesome. like that. Like, I can... Yeah, I would much rather have that. Uh, I've got enough IQ. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need any more IQ. Yeah, I think... No, I'm kidding. I, th- I think... I think um, I'd go for the memory. You know what? I th- I've, I've read up on IQ, and you can actually increase your IQ. Right. You can actually improve it. So, but I don't know if you can get a photographic memory. What about... A photogenic memory. A photogenic memory. <laughs> like it just really better. looks good in pictures. It really looks good in pictures. <laughs> I look really cute with these lashes I like on. posting my memory. <laughs> <laughs> I really like to make fun of like this. Valley girls. This valley girl millennial that we yeah. kind of always mock. I like who, how everything's a question. And I'm not sure, but I'm kind of sure, but it's always a question. Yeah. No matter what. And literally a le- question. And literally isn't That's, even that used doesn't directly. make your IQ look good to be honest. No. I would go photogenic photographic <laughs> <laughs> photographic memory. I think I would too. Yeah. How about you audience? What do you think? Yeah, what do you think? And I love by the way when I hear from you guys on Instagram and stuff like that and or they'll send me an email and say, "Hey, I love this or here's the thought of for a new podcast that I'd love to hear." And by the way, I would rather have no knees than yeah. no, no, elbows, <laughs> no elbows, you know, or something like that. So <laughs> That's awesome. You can find everything that, that we've mentioned so far at thejoyjunkie.com/134 and you can learn more about the scholarship. You can tell us what your thoughts are on the would you rather of the day. 
And um, I think that's everything. I think we'll just uh, kick episode 65. Yeah, I can't. I think that's what it was. I think it was 60. Well, you said it was 65. I can't remember. I can't remember what it was. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. Who gives a shit? (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Enjoy the rebroadcast of Why All You Need Is Love Is Bullshit. Peace. Okay, so let's talk about this. Because talk about it. I think that we um, – there's one underlying thing that I hear a lot in relationships that are kind of toxic or they're on their way out or they're in a really rough water. And people will be like, but we just – we love each other so much. Oh, yeah, for right? sure. Right? Mm-hmm. And – which is great. That's honorable. I definitely think love is part of what you need. I don't think it is all that you need. I think there's plenty of other things. You definitely things. need it. Yeah, I know. It's definitely part of the puzzle. For sure, but it's not all. No. So, first of all, I'm going to talk a little bit why I think that's bullshit. And then I'm going to give you four things that I think you do need to have in addition to love to really make your relationship work. And I, and this is also from 17 years with my soulmate. This is from... Who's that? Who? who, who he's, <laughs> he's very hot. Okay. So, first of all, one of the reasons why I think this, this whole concept of all you need is, is love is bullshit is because love is blind. All right. So we've heard that we've heard that term endlessly, right? Mm-hmm. And what I really think it, it is about is that oftentimes when we really do love somebody, we don't see the reality. It's actually a form of denial. Mm. Um, so if we take it outside of the context of relationships and if we even look at um, – I mean, like an intimate relationship and look at a different type of relationship, let's say a parent and a child, a child who's like drug addicted or something like that. You love them so much. You're blinded. You're rooting for them. And so you enable them and you might be enabling their addiction because of your love. You know, your love is will oftentimes trump the reality. Blinds you. It really does. Mm -hmm. And something that I that I say all the time is love it's almost inadvertently gives us this perspective of rooting for somebody. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And so I... you're invested. You're invested. Mm -hmm. I say this all the time. Like, if your relationship is going downhill, or like, let's say that same scenario, like a parent with a child, you are rooting for your kid, right? You're thinking like, they have so much potential. Or when they were little, they were so amazing in academics. Or they totally could be a sports... A superstar if they would just apply themselves. But look at the path they're going. I'm rooting for it. It's hope. It's holding on to hope. And I really think hope is a four-letter word. I really do. So is love. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was getting all worked up. You totally messed up my flow, man. Sorry, man. You're really messing up my style. Oh, sure. (laughs) So It's all my fault. But (laughs) (laughs) shut up. God. (laughs) So, but I'm just saying... If you are always standing in a place of hope, that is banking on a future that is different and it's something that you cannot control. Mm-hmm. So that it's it's a waste. It's p- postponing your happiness. So if you're constantly standing in this place of like, I'm rooting for my partner. I know what they're capable of. Yet over and over and over and over again, they show you that they're not willing to be that. You are standing in a place of blindness. You, so true. So true. And how many people do that? Like it's it's like almost an epidemic. Yeah. 
you know? It's true. I think there's this thing that fundamentally happens to us when we experience the emotion of love. I don't know. This is my own theory. But I think it's similar to how when, obviously, you know, we don't have kids, but I've heard so many women speak mm. about they have a baby and they it's so hard and taxing on their body and they have sleepless nights and all these things but you're so madly in love that by the time like the second one you start thinking about having a second one you almost for you forget all the shit that you went through all the pain in your body um all the sleepless nights all of that stuff i think you're are when we experience love we override some of the factual data that happens in our lives so we do the same thing and i'm not saying that that you should not procreate because of that at all. I'm just saying, look at your relationships and are you, are you making up something about this relationship that isn't true because you're blinded by love and you're only focused on potential, maybe how it was in the very beginning. Yet, if you look at the facts and the data and the evidence, you can see over and over again that this is not what you need, that there's all these other components that are missing. And we're going to discuss that too, like the other components besides love that you really do need. Do you think people are afraid of the doubt? I don't... Um, like if I put doubt into the equation, I might have to leave or I might have to make choices. or And so they just like purposefully but not purposefully put it in a corner. I think more than anything, I think that could be a part of it. Um, but I think more than anything, people are terrified to start over. They're uh, terrified yeah. of the unknown. For sure. So they think at least if I'm in a shitty relationship, I know exactly what I'm getting. So it's easier for me to be in denial about the state of the relationship. I just would rather pretend that this is what I want. Mm. Then, okay. And it's a motivation from fear. The fear of what if nothing else is out there? What if it, this is as good as it gets? What if I'm alone? What if I'm 45 and single? What if I, you know, like mm -hmm. it's motivation from fear instead of from pleasure and from pursuit of happiness. Right. Okay. That's a great question. Um, so yeah, and, and that's exactly why I said it's a form of denial. Yeah. It's a form of denial. Right. Um, people do it all the time. It's so much easier to stay in an addiction yeah. than to actually, okay, I'm a fucking alcoholic. Okay. I have an issue with porn. It's way easier to stay in denial. You don't have to change. You don't have I'm to do anything. I'm learning a lot about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and this is also why I think a lot of times people have, I've, I've, encountered this numerous times with clients and friends as well after they ended a really rough relationship they look back and go what was i thinking mm -hmm. why yep. was i tolerating that well sure. because you had love blinders on you were rooting for them you kept track of only the good things and you didn't tally any of the bad and so when so you true. when you look in your book of love, all it is is list after list of the things that happened in the beginning, those inklings of hope, and you attach to that instead of looking at the reality of what is. Hmm. Because that's that's what's happening. Hello, that's your relationship, not hope. The second reason that I really think all you need is love is bullshit is because I think it's very, very possible, and I don't know what is spiritually happening. Again, this is my own theory, but I feel that it's very possible that soulmates, people who are viscerally and spiritually connected, can actually be very toxic for one another. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We know people like that. I know. I've known people like that. Yeah. 
where Maybe. they just love each other to death, but every time they get around each other, it's fireworks. Right. Because other components are missing. Yeah. Maturity, respect, integrity. There's all these other things that it almost overrides that soulmate connection. So just because you've got that intimacy on that spiritual level does not mean that it's the end all be all. You know, like I say all, all the time that you and I really, truly are soulmates. But I do not think at, for one second that's what got us to 17 years later. I think yeah. it's a component that just like love. Soulmate status. Soulmate, you have to maintain your soulmate status. That's right. That's what I always say. <laughs> so, so let's talk about then what do you need to make it work? So I definitely think... You need love for sure. I definitely think it's advantageous to be soulmates. Okay, we can. I don't know if we did a pod on that, but that's that's a touchy on subject because that's not. Yeah, did we? Sure. Yeah, we've done plenty of stuff on soulmates. Have we? I don't Sully's? know if we did one like specifically on. Man, no, I think we did actually. Um, it was just, episode ten. No. <laughs> stupid. I'm like, really? You know that? Oh my god. All right. So let's talk about some other components because here's what I think is happening oftentimes when people are really, really connected, but there's other things lacking. Uh, these are some of the things that I think are missing. One major piece is mutual respect, which I think this can also be categorized as friendship too. Um, if you treat your spouse <laughs> poorly and worse in comparison to those of your friends, you've got a serious issue. There you go. If Bam. you if you respect other people more than your partner, okay, there's a major problem, <laughs> right? So when I say respect, like, okay, what does that really mean? It means if I'm out, like this is one little thing. When I'm out at rehearsal and I stay super late, like midnight or 1 a.m. or something like that, I text you every time I'm on my way home because I respect your process at home, that you might be at home worrying like, God, is she okay? I haven't heard mm -hmm. anything. Respect is valuing each other's time. Respect is valuing what the other person cares about. Like uh, if you are, you know, your, your spouse is really interested in music or really interested in philanthropy or something that brings them a lot of joy and you laugh at them and you make them wrong for that, that is not respectful. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's giving their voice, their opinions, their time, their energy, just as much value as you hold your own. Sure. That is what it means to mutually respect one another. And it has to go both ways because if one partner is super respectful and the other isn't, then you have a doormat situation. Right. So you both need to respect one another and value that. Uh, second thing to make it work, in addition to love and mutual respect, is maintenance. I talk about this one. This is like probably one of the cornerstones of how I feel about a thriving relationship, and that is daily efforts on the relationship. Yeah. So I've used tons of analogies, um, car analogies, plant analogies, but, but yeah, it's like, you know, having a soulmate is like, you know, purchasing this gorgeous, beautiful plant, like right in the beginning, it's flourishing. It's beautiful. You can see no wrong in it, but if you don't water that plant, if you don't cultivate the soil, if you don't nurture it, feed it, give it light, uh, daily, that shit will deteriorate so fast and then you wake up one day and the plant's dead and it's unrecoverable, right? 
Yeah. It's the exact same case for relationships. We think that it needs to look a certain way. Like it needs to look like lavish trips or a shit ton of time spent together or something like that. It's not. It is daily connections, small little actions that connect you um, intimately every single day. You know, we t- we've told you guys numerous times we have, you know, we have coffee together every morning. We have matching mugs and that's kind of, it's a, a lot of psychologists will call it creating shared meaning. It's a bonding moment. Uh. It's a, it's a bonding moment, <laughs> but it's like, it's like having a song, you know, your song, if it, if it's playing, it's like, oh my God, it's our song. Yeah, so yeah, can yeah. you do something like that, that you both even subconsciously are like, oh, these are our mugs like mm-hmm. daily, right? Uh, rituals for saying goodbye to one another. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not going to go on ad nauseum because we've done plenty of episodes sure. about maintenance. So maintenance, like what can you do every single day? And one of my other huge elements that I'm an advocate for is the weekly date night. Weekly date weekly night. Weekly date night or sacred time. So if you can't get a babysitter, if you can't get out, whatever, can you make Tuesday nights after the kids go to bed, like a game night for the two of you? Can you sit in bed and do, you know, there's a great book called The Book of Questions where you sit and talk and get to know each other a lot better. Like, well, what do you think about global warming? And, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that where you just really connect. And more importantly, you've said this, this is something in my life that I value so highly that I'm carving out time and I'm placing emphasis on this relationship. Thank you. I was just about to say that. You were? Like, if you don't make it important, it won't be. Exactly. If you won't, if you don't make it important, it won't be. I mean, that, I've said this plenty of times, but if you look at your calendar, if you look at however you keep your agenda, your, your week, everything guaranteed, everything on there is shit that really, really matters to you. So why the hell is your relationship not on there? It's true. Why is the kids' soccer practice and work and social functions and volunteering and church and obligations, all of that shit trumps your relationship? Well, it's all important too. But, uh, you know, just like, you know, if you have a calendar and you write in, uh, block out your time, you have to, you know, especially in in, uh, our world, you know, you have to carve that time out. If you have kids, especially you have to carve that time. It's true. People with kids know this more than anybody. Right. And I also think a lot of times, well, this has just been my personal experience with all my friends who have kids. They are so much more productive because they're extremely resourceful with windows of time. And they go like, okay, if I need to get Christmas shopping done, it's got to go during this time and that time and during this lunch break. And and they are so effective. So you become a brilliant manager of time, whether (laughs) you realize it or not. Right. Exactly. So what can you eliminate that isn't as important as your relationship or scale down on. Mm -hmm. And here's a big hint. I talked about this last week. Stop saying yes to shit you don't want to do. Obligations, people pleasing, things that you're motivated by guilt or by fear. And that's why you say yes to them. Knock that shit off. Get it off of your calendar. It's more important for you to focus on this person that you are swearing that you love. Mm Mm-hmm. That you want to spend the rest of your life with, but you don't spend any time with. Right. Like, okay, can you just go ahead and be a perfectly gorgeous plant and I'm not going to water you? Right. Doesn't work that way. Uh, it's living. Number three. This is a big one. Mutual growth. Mm. Ah, yeah, this is a big one. Yeah. This can also fa- uh, fall in the area of spirituality. I've seen this happen before, too, where um, 
a one of the partners finds God or finds a new religion where now you are so incredibly spiritually separated because of what you believe in or whatnot. Now, I don't think that's automatically, you know, a seal of death at all. I think the key is whatever either one of you are going through, whether you're finding a new spiritual path. And I've done that. Like when, when I started embarking into coaching, you were like, oh my God, I'm, and this was years ago. It was like seven or eight years ago. Yeah. You were like, I, I feel like you're growing way faster than me. Please don't leave me behind. The key there was that we conversed about it. That True. I shared with you what was going on with me, the learning that I was having, my, my eyes being open to new concepts, and you were receptive. You, it didn't, That's the didn't, key right there. Didn't mean you, out, you adopted it as yours necessarily, but you also didn't put a guilt trip on me or make me wrong out of your own security. Like, I'm not growing, so I better try to make her stop. Because mm-hmm. exactly. a lot of people do that too, sure. where they they get so insecure that their partners grow, and this can be education too. They're getting further educated, they're expanding their mind, their spirituality is growing. There, it, it can even be physical fitness. Like you're growing as a human, you're seeking betterment in any area, and if your spouse is not on that same road, that's fine, as long as you can converse about it, you can share it with one another. And then, you know, everybody's case is different. You know, some people it's like it could be the end of the relationship if it becomes so important to you that your spouse needs to adopt the same, you know, method of thinking. I don't want to get all into that. Sure. But I'm just saying you don't have to be in the same place at the same time all the time for your entire relationship. You just need to include each other. Right. And it doesn't mean you have to have the same experience or you now I, there was a time when I went to a spiritual center and I was like I'd really like you to come with me and you're like I really don't want to go yeah and I was like okay cool but can I share with you what I'm learning or can I share with you what I think the key to all of this topic this particular one is um receptiveness yeah on both ends like uh me being receptive that you were gonna go to a spiritual center and you being receptive to me saying I'm really not into that right now right you know like <laughs> That's the key to this piece is the receptivity of both partners. Yeah. In my opinion. I really love that. I really love that, babe, because that's so true. Um, Because so often we take the other person's journey and we make it mean something about us. Mm -hmm. It immediately makes us go to the insecure place and go, oh, shit. Grow together as individual people. Yeah. Right? Oh, God, baby, you're full of one-liners today. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Mic drop. Mic drop. (laughs) Could could you hear that? That was my mic drop. (laughs) Literally my mic drop. And number four, okay, this is one that just gets overlooked, and it is one of the easiest things to implement, and it is plain old kindness. Mm. Just being nice. I always say, if people were to hear you talk to your spouse, would they have any idea that you love each other? Wow. You need to so. you Jeez. need to be kind. But how often do you hear people like yell and scream at each other? They speak at each other like worse than how they would speak to a business partner. Oh, absolutely. Worse than they'd speak to a to a stranger. Yeah. Oftentimes. Sure. So we have a couple of little rules that help us with that. But uh, one of them is we don't converse about anything. It's usually in text message about anything operational unless we say something kind first. So there's no, hey, can you pick up dry cleaning? Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? Without saying, hey, babe, hope you're having an amazing day. Yeah, I hope your day's good. How are you doing? 
by the way, we got to get dry cleaning today. Would you be up for that? We ask each other all the time. We're courteous. Right. We have manners with one another. We don't demand ever from each other. That's true. Did you ever realize that? We don't. Yeah. We don't demand. Just now. Ever. Just now I realized I just that. had a little moment. That's awesome. <laughs> That's it. Well, I'm just like, oh. I just start. Sometimes I just like say shit and then I realize like. That's a key fundamental piece of that. Mm-hmm. How many p- times do you demand something from a partner? How would you feel if the tides returned? Like, no. Yeah. 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 You got to go get that. Blah, 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 blah. That's uh, just not no, nice. Don't. Sure. Yeah, I'll do that. Whatever. And what do we tell kids? Like, <laughs> be nice. <laughs> be kind to one another. And Share. Yet we don't. Yeah. <laughs> Yet all of a sudden we become adults and like, oh, our problems are way more severe. So we qualify ourselves to be assholes to one another. Does that ever yield the result you want? No. So kindness, you guys. Be kind to one another. Another huge piece. What do you call each other? Do you have a moniker for one another? A pet name that's sweet? If it's ball and chain, if it's the warden, if it's the old lady, if it conjures up anything that feels kind of harsh or biting or or not so loving, switch that shit up now. Start even with husband and wife. Sure. You call me bride all the time. I do. Which I love. I like calling you bride because it makes me feel like uh, we're still newlyweds. Aw, we are, baby. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's part of it. So that's one easy way. Like, and how do you refer to them when you're around other people? Right. That's That's, that's the one. That's a huge one, too. That's the one. Like my fucking husband. Or mm-hmm. what if you just eliminate the charge at least? Like start being kind to one another. Like it just, I, I, I get so worked up about this. In fact, I really want a tattoo that says kindness and grace to remind myself to always come from a place of kindness and grace because I think it's one of our biggest issues politically. Like right. I think because we are so biting and acerbic with one another in our political forums, when does that ever make the other party say, you know what? I really want to see it your way. I really want to see where you're coming from. I really want to listen to your point of view. We don't. We just name call and we get more and more um, divided. divided and rude and angry. And it never makes anybody want to come to a collaborative forum ever. And it is no different in relationships. So don't lose your niceties. Still be kind to one another. So that's a handful of things that I I came up with that I really felt were paramount in creating a relationship that is rewarding and one in which you both can thrive. So in addition to love, what you need is mutual respect, maintenance of your relationship on a daily basis, mutual growth and respect for each other in, in how you grow, and finally, kindness. So I would love to hear from you guys. What are, what do you think of this? Is there light bulb moments? Is there like, oh my gosh, yes, I could really, I could really stand to put more of these elements in place. Or are you in a situation where you go, oh shit, all we have is love. Everything else is, is awful. I've been holding on to hope. Or is it the other way around? Right. I'm not in love with this person, but we have everything else. And that can happen too. Sure. Yeah, and then that's a, that's a totally different ball of wax. But I do have a listener who requested that. Um, uh, like what to do when you're not, you, everything's there, but you're not attracted to your partner. Didn't I think we did one on that too. We did something similar. 
Did we? Yeah. Well, um, that that's actually going to come up. I'm going to do that in a couple of weeks. Okay. And really go into like what you right. do when you're not sexually attracted to your partner. Oh, snap. Yikes. That was <laughs> more to come. Do you see how I did that? Do you see how I like roped you guys into some future episodes? <laughs> so um, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, if you are able to swing by iTunes and give us some reviews, it helps us so much. It really does. And it also helps us know that like people are out there listening, <laughs> which is really that is nice rewarding for us. I mean, we'll sit here and talk to each other all day, but it's nice to have somebody else listening to our babble. <laughs> yeah. And knowing that it's helping you guys, yeah, that too. Yeah, it's helping. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and while you're there, swing by the podcast page. Be sure to uh, let us know if there's any topics you want to hear about. Leave those iTunes reviews. Yeah, leave a comment. And we will be back with you next week. So here... <laughs> yeah. And knowing that it's helping you guys, too. Yeah, that too. it's helping. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and while you're there, swing by the podcast page. Be sure to uh, let us know if there's any topics you want to hear about. Leave those iTunes reviews. Yeah, leave a comment. And we will be back with you next week. So here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, signing off. Bye.